Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Oh no. Oh yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's up, what's up, Top Rope Nation? It is a cold Thursday night in Iowa. I'm Ryan Drosty, joined this week by Mr. Justin Joint. Kyle Ross will not be with us tonight, so it's just both of us going through the latest news in the world of pro wrestling. Hope you'll stay with us throughout. We've got a great agenda, hopefully to get, hoping to get some people involved in the chat room as we go. So let us know your thoughts on the state of professional wrestling. We'll get you involved in the show as we go. Justin Joint, as I mentioned, it's, it's been cold this week. I guess it did warm up a little bit, but we had our first dusting of snow this morning. How are you doing, my friend? Pretty good. Luckily, I, I, put it off and put it off at my new house. And, uh, just the other night before the snowfall, I actually got all my patio furniture covered up. So that was nice. (laughs) Uh, I got to share with listeners, uh, all three of us are pretty big beer connoisseurs. And I was at our local liquor store today and buying some beers. And I came across, uh, Megadeth has their own beer. And I took a picture of it because I'm always taking pictures of whatever beer I'm uh, buying and I'm sending it to uh, Kyle and Ryan just to show them. And this one, the Megadeth beer, I, I, I definitely took a picture of and sent it to them. And in my re- I got a response, one of my favorite text messages ever from Ryan Droste. <laughs> a Megadeth beer coming in at 4.5 ABV is truly disappointing. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you don't think of Megadeth making a beer when you see it's basically equivalent to a bud light what a disappointment yeah yeah disappointment i had felt some regret for not picking them up but when you sent me that i was like you know what i feel better about my decision for leaving that on the counter (laughs) yes for sure well hey man i'm glad you got all that stuff put away better late than never uh yeah hopefully uh, hopefully the heavy snow holds off for a little bit longer but yeah uh, i'm ready to talk some pro wrestling with you tonight there is a ton going on in the news we've got a chock full agenda as i said so if, you, if you're tuning in live let us know what you think of each topic as we go um before we get into the news and everything i do want to mention we are streaming live on youtube right now so if you're watching along help us out hit that subscribe button we would greatly greatly appreciate it if you're listening on the podcast feeds as always hit that subscribe button leave us a written review leave us a five-star review it helps so much and of course the number one way to support the growth of Top Rope Nation, which this is episode 231, if I didn't say so, is uh, by supporting us on Patreon. The link is here in the broadcast description. We dropped a brand new bonus podcast last week on Survivor Series 96, an awesome show with myself and Justin and Kyle. Uh, I just put up a, a teaser clip on our YouTube page. If you want to check a little bit of the video, which is available exclusively to patrons, 
Last week on the podcast feed, you could hear about a 15-minute preview of the audio-only podcast. Everyone can hear that. But if you want to hear the whole show and over 60 bonus podcasts available in our archives right now, become a patron. Five bucks a month, that's the starting tier, all the way up to $20 a month. But for five bucks a month, you get some great benefits. We think you'll like what we're offering. Check it out. Read about it at patreon.com slash top rope nation and i want to shout out a brand new patron who recently joined christopher b thank you so much for the support uh we think you will like what you hear from us over there oh and justin before i forget last night we did something a little bit new on yeah, top rope nation fun. we did a watch along on a brand new app it's basically being described as twitch for sports it's called playback it's only it's in beta phase right now so you need an invite to get on there. However, we have the invites. We're partnering up with Playback. The way that you can get the link to our room on there is on our Facebook discussion group. Link here in the description as well. Or on Patreon. But we're doing these kind of closed off watch alongs to AEW Dynamite. We did the first one last night. So if you weren't worth with us, basically what it is, is you get a live stream of Dynamite. You can watch right there on your computer. Hook up your TV and watch it that way if you want. Uh, and then down in the corner, it's myself, Justin, and Kyle, and we're overlaid on the video. So we're, you know, commenting on the show throughout. We got a chat room. People are getting involved talking with us throughout the show. We had a few drinks. It was a party. I had a lot of fun. I hope more people will join us next time, though, because this was the first time out last night, you know, just kind of seeing how it would work. And I was very, very pleased. You, Justin? Yeah, I, I had an absolute blast. Uh it's not often I get to actually, you know, we, we talk about wrestling all the time, but to actually watch it together and especially with Kyle was just an absolute blast and hearing, hearing from everybody that was in the room in the chat was a lot of fun. Uh, and it's not even just the wrestling, you know, we, we got into a pretty long discussion about fast food because of the uh, commercials. <laughs> we did very loose. No way to record those shows right now, so you have to join us live. Uh, I think we're going to do it for Winter is Coming next week, too. So if you want to join yep. us live, again, join the Facebook discussion group. There will be a link there. I'm not allowed to post the links on our public Twitter page right now, so you got to get in the Facebook discussion group. Or, like I said, the Patreon page has that as well, and, and it's linked right there. So hopefully you all will join us next week. All right, let's get to the news, Justin. Uh, number one, the big thing hitting the news today was about Jeff Hardy. Uh, so Jeff Hardy was released by WWE, and there's a lot to this story. Um, basically, the gist of it was that there was something that happened this past Saturday night on WWE's live tour. So they're having this show in Texas, uh, Edinburgh, Texas, and there was a six-man match. It was Jeff Hardy, Drew McIntyre, and Xavier Woods taking on Roman Reigns and the Usos. And from all the eyewitness accounts, as well as the video that exists of that show, uh, Hardy looked out of it throughout uh, the match, all the way you know, from his entrance. He was really out of sync. He looked really sluggish. And towards the end of the match, he tags out. He rolls to the outside. You can view a video clip of this online. And he just jumps the railing and exits through the crowd. And security kind of chases him. Something went awry there. <laughs> you know, that was not planned something going on with Jeff Hardy. And then we hear today that he's been released by WWE. Uh, apparently WWE offered to pay for him to attend rehab, get some help for what he's got going on. We know Hardy has a history of, of alcohol abuse of prescription drug abuse. 
So something's going along on along those lines, and they offered to pay for it. He denied it, didn't want their help. He was released. This was his third stint with the company. He had returned back in 2017 at WrestleMania 33. If you remember, it was that surprise appearance with him and his brother, Matt. Previously, at two stints before that, he started out as a job guy in high school with the WWF going back to 1994, was with the company until 2003 when he achieved his initial stardom in the, in the late 90s, and then he returned from 06 to 09, and like I said, that third stint in 2017. So, uh, Justin, just looking at the story, your thoughts right away on Jeff Hardy's release, because I know you were a big Jeff Hardy fan when I first met you back in about 2001. Yeah. So first and foremost, you know, best wishes to Jeff Hardy and his family, whatever's going on, you know, wish him all the best and uh, mentally and physically. Uh, I think it's important to note that nothing has really come out yet as to the reason why Jeff is going home. Uh, Ryan's already alluded to it. He's, he's had a history of substance abuse and the report that WWE released him because he refused to go to rehab. Um, the assumption is, is that it does have something to do with that. I did not see all of the clip of the match from the little bit I saw. I just kind of saw, you know, when he went for the hot tag. Um, and I thought he did that with enthusiasm. So it, it, the whole thing was pretty weird. Um, he like jumped across the ring for the tag and then he rolls yeah. to the outside and then just jumps in the crowd and leaves. So I'm not... You know, we, we have to wait for the information to come out. If the information comes out, obviously that is totally up to Jeff Hardy. I think there's two things that are important. Um, one is that I I would think some of this is not only if, if there's something going on with his history. The other thing is that it could possibly be just exhaustion or frustration. Uh, for anybody that has watched the most recent Broken Skulls interview, he talks about how Matt was always the one who pitched ideas. He never did that. Uh, he and he talks about he's he has a lot of ideas and things he'd he'd like to do in this current WWE run, but that he has a hard time actually pitching it to the people who matter. And I'm just wondering if, if maybe he found the courage to do that, and they may have shot his idea down, and that just kind of maybe killed his spirit a little bit. Uh, the other thing I would like to point out is uh, Sean Waltman just recently had a, a tweet. And, you know, this is just Sean Waltman talking about his own personal experience. But but let me read it here. It says, not every relapse is a reason to do inpatient rehab. My best recovery came many years after I did my third stint in rehab and had totally relapsed again. I came out of it on my own with help of, excuse me, with the help of evidence-based treatments and a hypnotherapist. Uh, while I'm grateful for them, the rehab industry is also, you know, maybe a bit of a racket. So maybe Jeff has been in rehab before. Maybe he knows what's best for him in this moment. And yeah, I, it's all speculation. I, I just really, you know, wishing the best for him. Yeah. I mean, he's had, you know, whether whether or not, you know, is it ideas are getting accepted or they're receptive to that or anything, they have put him in like some primo spots of light, you know, just mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago at the Survivor Series, that Raw versus SmackDown match came down to him and Rollins. We talked about it on the post show of how 
Hardy was getting the biggest reaction of anyone in that match. And, you know, he went almost the distance. Uh, so that's a pretty primo spot. And then, like I said, the six man working with Reigns and the Usos, you know, that's a, that's about as high of a gig as he can get in WWE right now with the lay of the land as it is there. So, I mean, super unfortunate. The guy's a legend at this point in his career. I hope whatever's going on, he gets what he needs, whether that is professional help or just that he needs, you know, a mental break from everything that's going on. But uh, I mean, I've been a big fan of his career, just like you have. And he did get to go back to his, you know, his, his theme song, his old theme song mm-hmm. that he wanted recently. They had saved that up until they were back in front of crowds. I know he was happy about that. And uh, I mean, the crowds are happy as hell to see him every time he's out there. And I don't think that'll change anytime in the future if, if he should return. So we will see what happens. But Jeff Hardy out from WWE for the time being. What do you think about uh, WWE's culpability in this? Because he was a very, very young man, like teenager when he started this run in WWE. And, you know, that was before infamous, infamously uh, the ring changed once Vince actually yeah. had to get in there and wrestle that steel cage match and, against Austin and realized, holy shit, this hurts. <laughs> And yeah, so they always talked about WWF rings being the hardest to bump in the industry. Yeah. yeah. So, so you have, you have this teenager in there bumping on this mat before it's changed. And, you know, I, once again, speculation, but you know, they talk about the worst time to have concussions is when you're a young man, when you're in that teenager range. And then you get into, once again, Sean Waltman gave an interview a while ago that him and really all those tag team guys, the Dudley boys, edge and Christian, those guys were really pushed into doing some really dangerous spots for reasons that may have not even be necessary other than to get the, the flash bulbs of cameras lit up. And yeah. that, that, that wear and tear that he took, I mean, it's part of the reason why he's so beloved. It's, it's a huge reason why I loved him. I mean, he was so different from everybody else, but the high spots that he did, nobody else was doing in WWE. Um, so yeah, just, just the fact that they pushed him and rode him really hard. I mean, the least they can do is offer, you know, to send him back to rehab, but I don't know, to, to, to release him is kind of shitty. Yeah. The culpability factor is really difficult on something like this because, you can only help a person who wants to help themselves, you know, like mm-hmm. and they, they offered that. I agree with you though, on, on the release itself. Um, we don't, we don't know the whole story. Maybe he wanted the release, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see, we'll True. see what comes out. Um, but yeah, going back to what you said about the nineties and the ring and everything. Yeah. It's so difficult. Cause I mean, you want to be a wrestler. He wanted to be in the WWF, you, you know, the risk getting in there on one hand, but on the other side, it's, does the company have the obligation to protect you better? And you had sent me that video of Waltman talking earlier today, where he was specifically calling out Michael Hayes yep. as agenting those matches and booking all the high spots and the guys kind of feeling like they had to do them. So you could certainly make the argument, you know, that, that will physically hurt him. At the time, but also, you know, it, it hurt him in a sense that the audience gets used to those types of matches from those guys. You know, mm-hmm. after you see the Hardy Boys wrestle the TLC matches and do what they did in the latter matches, for them to just go out there and do a, a regular match, then it doesn't satisfy the fans' appetite. You know, you have set those expectations so high 
going back to what was it? No Mercy 99 was the match yeah. that really, you know, kind of put them on the map. And then for the next couple of years after that, I mean, they were doing crazy stuff. I remember, I remember saying stuff like 20 years ago, probably talking with you that we were saying like, man, Jeff Hardy, I don't know how this guy's gonna be able to walk in the next 15 years. Well, here we are 20 years later, you know, he's still yeah. wrestling at a high level, but he's got to be hurting. And so, yeah, I mean, company culpability on that. There's, I think there's some. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the balance is and and, and who you would blame for that. But I, I think certainly, I mean, you only have to look at the NFL. What's been going on with you know the, what happens to the retirees there, and uh, certainly NFL retirees have talked about benefits and all that. You know what happens in in retirement? They have a union. Pro wrestlers, no union, no retirement, no pension. And so, you know, where does where is that company responsibility lie? I'd love to hear from the listeners on this. Let us know what you think. If you're here live in the chat or email us, topropenation at gmail.com. And I'm, I'm sure there's people out there screaming. It's like, you know, he's a grown man. He could say no if he wanted, if he was uncomfortable with something. It's like, well, for one, they're in an environment where if you say no, there's a, probably a pretty good chance you're going to lose your spot. And this also, you know, WWE needs to be aware that when they're asking these guys to do stuff, of course they're not going to say no. You know, this is their one opportunity. They're in their dream, dream scenario. I'm, they're going to do what you ask them to do. And in the fact that it, it wasn't even reserved for pay-per-views, they were doing these TLCs on regular TV, you know, doing these dangerous spots, you know, mm -hmm. week to week. It's just, I don't know. The, the whole thing is just left, left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, what we said, you know, his first stint with the WWF, you go back to the fact that Hardy's there as a high schooler, uh, you know, his brain's not even finished developing. He's working mm -hmm. in a WWF ring, you know, that hard ring. So I, I do think there is an angle to this of company responsibility. And and to your point, you're not going to say no when you're in your early 20s and you're trying to make a name for yourself and this is your dream. You're going to do whatever is asked of you. If Mike, If Michael Hayes is out there, laying out a match where he wants you to jump off the top of the ladder more than once in the same match, you're going to do it. You know, yep. you think that this is a legend of the business telling you what you need to do to become a star. And uh, I mean, we're seeing, we've seen in the years since a lot of this play out with a lot of those guys, you know, the neck surgeries, the mm -hmm. drug issues, there's, there is a result to what happened there. And uh, it's a worthy discussion. There's no simple answer to this and who is responsible. But I think, I think there is some company responsibility, but you know, people might say, Hey, they offered him help that covers them. I don't know. I'm one for, this is a topic for another time, but I do think uh, these guys should be covered in, in retirement too. Yeah. So. It, it's going to be interesting if uh, this is the last we see of Jeff Hardy and WWE. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny Gargano. Here's another guy. Is this the last we see him in WWE and XT? Because uh, his, as we God record will. right now, it's, it's Thursday night, and his contract runs out, according to Fightful, at midnight tonight, and he is not resigning. He's going to become a, a free agent. There will be no non-compete clause with that because he's fulfilled his, his contractual agreements, and he's free to appear anywhere he wants, including AEW. If he wanted to, next week, he could be there. Uh, Justin, what do you think happens with Johnny moving forward? I think he'd be a fool to re-sign with WWE <laughs> unless he likes the direction of this new NXT 2.0. You know, if he if they're pitching him on going to the main roster, I mean, that's a death sentence for him, you know, to the low to mid card. 
my gut tells me we're not going to see him for quite a while. Obviously, he's he's going to be a dad for the first time in what January or February. So, I mean, I would assume he takes the time off to you know really take that experience in. But on the flip side, you know, if he still wants to work or you know strike while the iron's hot, AW is going to be a much easier schedule and allow for him to to be basically a full time dad and just work you know one or two times a week. So I, I just and. I don't agree with all the people out there saying that AEW's roster, you know, too many guys, too many guys. They've got a lot of show to fill. We were just talking about that last night about maybe Rampage having eaten into Dynamite a little bit. But you have some of that star star power and Johnny Gargano has that with I think a pretty good sized portion of the audience who you know, probably fell in love with wrestling during that golden age of NXT and bring those eyeballs to a AW. He doesn't have to be a top guy. I think he'd be perfectly suited, you know, in a tag or just to fill in that mid card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've talked about this a little bit on the show. I think we we're all in agreement. Kevin Owens is on his way to yes, AEW in January. Please, 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 please. <laughs> I do think Gargano is a little bit different than Owens, for example. I think that it makes sense to sign him. He is a name. I'm not I'm not certain that he doesn't get lost in the shuffle within a couple of months there. I'm a little bit different from you on this one. I do think that when he goes, if he goes, it'll get a massive reaction for sure. My, my issue with the Gargano signing has always been, is he different enough from the guys that they already have? Uh, like personality wise, because he's a great worker. And, you know, like Kyle will often say, he was the top baby face that in NXT, maybe ever, you know, mm-hmm. at one time. So he does have the connection with the fans. I, I, I don't know the answer. I could definitely be wrong on this. I'm not saying I don't want to see him in AEW, but I just look at it as I don't think the roster is full, but I do think they're getting to a point where when they sign people, especially people coming straight from WWE, you want to get people that present something new every time. And they do have a lot of guys that are great workers, especially young guys, you know, with Sammy and Dante, etc. So, like, I think he'll fit in for sure. He'll have some great matches if he goes there. I'm just, the thing that makes me pause a little bit is, does he give you something that's different enough from what they already have? And like I said, I think right off the bat, he will be a great addition. It's just long-term, you know, what will we see from him? Especially with Kevin Owens coming in, maybe potentially within weeks of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's a good point. I, I just think the eyeballs for people who truly fell in love with NXT in that, you know, 2016 to 2018 range, uh, I think... You know, you could have some of them follow over who maybe feel a little bit of loyalty to NXT. Yeah. Uh, we got a question in the chat. Do you want to? Yeah. So Adam in San Diego checking in says, was the attack on him, Gargano, at the end of the show like a cliffhanger where the show is canceled and or does nothing come of that? Um, I think they did that on purpose where if he does end up coming back to NXT and re-signing, they have something he can play off right away. You know, at the same time, it's also a way to write him off of television and and give that rub to uh, Grayson Waller. So 
from the Fightful report, I can read you this. It says, during his farewell, NXT sources indicated that Gargano was allowed to say what he wanted and give a reasonable overrun like he talked about in the promo. Uh, people were very happy about how Waller's attack came across on TV. So it, you, they go both ways with that. If he re-signs, I'm sure they'll go right to that. If not, it was the way to write him off of NXT. Uh, they were happy with the promo. Uh, they've been trying to re-sign Johnny for a long time, and he has not been receptive to re-signing, although he's been offered better deals of late than uh, what he was originally offered, apparently, according to the Fightful Select report. Uh, it says Gargano's been very private about his decision backstage, but some knew that his contract was coming up as far back as a year ago. WWE made repeated efforts to sign Gargano to a new deal over the past few weeks, but he opted for free agency instead. Uh, in 2019, Gargano passed on a new deal offered to them when NXT landed on the USA Network, just like several other NXT talents passed on new deals at the time. Uh, according to the sources that Fightful spoke to, uh, NXT said there was not sufficient incentive for top stars to take the deal at the time, according to the sources in NXT. Uh, in October of this this fall, WWE sources began reaching out to Gargano again to gauge his interest in a new deal. And apparently those deals offered this year were much better than was, what was offered to him two years ago in 2019. But he was ready to become a free agent. So, you know, he's got he's got options now. And honestly, when you've been with a company that long, it's got to be kind of fun, kind of invigorating to think that I can do whatever the hell I want now <laughs> for the first time. He can take indie bookings. He can do his own thing. He can mm -hmm. sell those shirts and make all that money on, on pro wrestling tees. Although I think Johnny's actually had a pro wrestling tea store throughout the duration. So maybe he had some kind of special deal going there. But yeah, and you know, with Candace having the baby, nobody really knows. Fightful's had reports on this in recent weeks. Nobody really knows when her deal ends with WWE because there's some belief that, you know, they might be able to stack on some time to her contract because of the time she's taken off. We'll see what happens there. We don't know when she'll be free to leave if she chooses to leave or not maybe she wants to resign we shall see um but yeah that's what's going on with johnny gargano that just came in right before we went on the air tonight so uh with that said i guess we could look justin at the ratings for this week uh with aew and nxt so nxt tuesday night horrible ratings nxt 2.0 is doing man especially coming off of war games you know their their pay-per-view like event this past weekend so in the War Games Fallout show, just two days later, NXT did 590,000 viewers with a 0.11 in the 18 to 49 demographic. That ranked 48th on cable. 48th on cable. Not good Oof. when you're coming off a big show, no. Justin. I mean, no, and not surprising. They're not making any headway in that younger audience. You know, their numbers have actually grown a little bit or stayed about the same with the older crowd. We all, if you've been on social media, you see the jokes about WWE's aging audience. I mean, NXT's got a got an older, older audience. They're not really making any headway with the younger crowd. So, I mean, 48th on cable, Vince McMahon, apparently, you know, Triple H has been out of favor lately. Shawn Michaels has been out of favor. Vince McMahon puts his hands on this product. We're going to show you how it's done. You know, they rebranded it NXT 2.0 and nothing has changed. In fact, it's got worse. You know, they're not going head to head with AEW now and their numbers are not improving. So what does that say for Vince McMahon, Justin Joint? 
more evidence that he lost his fastball a long time ago. <laughs> that ain't good. That ain't good at all. I mean, Triple H looks like a genius in comparison. Um, Although I, I will say, I mean, it, it sounded like it was just an edict from him about this new NXT 2.0. And it might be some other people in charge who are really dragging it into the mud. Yeah. So, yeah, some of it was that they haven't, NXT has never, I talked with this with uh, Andrew Zarian on Observer Live Sunday night about this. And just NXT has never lived up to the developmental status you know it was always supposed to be developmental whether they called it the third brand or what it was always meant to develop stars for the main roster and it hasn't really succeeded we've talked about it on the show before the stars that have come from nxt were already stars when they got there for the most part and mm-hmm. we're not going to talk about the florida championship wrestling people who were in the early days of nxt because it wasn't really the same thing but the people that's, that brought that's up... That's essentially what it is now, is that yeah, FCW. Yeah, it's kind of 180 now. That's what it is mm-hmm. again. But uh, yeah, they just haven't... In, in the modern incarnation of NXT, you know, you could you could point to Big E, I guess, but it wasn't the modern in, in our incarnation of NXT. In this modern version, I guess you go from when the network started in 2014 to now, the development is really... It's been there on the female side. You know, on, on the women's side, for sure. The women that came from NXT are the big stars on the main roster. Um, Honestly, also not as much competition there. I'm not trying to take away from them, but, you know, they Mm -hmm. were transitioning from the Divas era to the more work rate era of of the women's roster, and those people fit the bill. Sasha, Bailey, Becky, Charlotte, etc. And those are the the NXT successes, right? We would agree on that. It's mostly the women. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But on the men's side, they they haven't done that. So what I do think... That what they're doing now with NXT, if, you know, philosophy speaking, it's what it should be. You know, developing more raw talent into what, no pun intended, they want to see on Monday Night Raw. You know, we'll see if we'll see if it works. But if you've been tuning into NXT long term and you expected those great matches, you know, with that great talent all along, when you turn in tune into NXT 2.0 right now, kind of a downer. <laughs> you know, you just don't see. The talent being the same, but again, it's, de- it's true developmental now, you know, it really is. It, it just, it, it shouldn't be on network television. No. It needs to be on Peacock is where it needs to be. It should definitely on. be on Peacock. Absolutely. I agree. I, I can't imagine the uh, executives at USA are very pleased about this direction. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, now, AEW, Justin, their ratings have been down in recent weeks too. I think there's one big reason that not enough people are talking about, but AEW this week, 872,000 viewers, 0.33, so it's three times the NXT number in the 18 to 49, uh, AEW ranking fifth on cable this week. So if we look at the ratings for the show over the last several weeks, now it was up a little bit this week for the show in Long Island uh, versus the previous few weeks, but you know, total viewership, they've been at 861, 898, 984. They haven't been over a million since early October. Um, the 18 to 49 demographic ratings have been uh, fairly, fairly steady, I think. That 0. 0.33, 0. 0.31, 0. 0.31, yeah, like kind of in that 0. 0.3 range. But they're in the middle of the 0. 0.4s, you know, rivaling Raw in September uh, and going into October. Now, the, I mean, the big reason to me 
and what needs to be talked about more. I mean, it was when it started, but it's the fact that the show is airing live now. It's not on tape delay at all to the West Coast. You're talking about a state like California, which is more than 10% of the United States population, getting this show now at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I hadn't even thought so, about I mean, that. Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, that's definitely impacting. We talked to a friend of the pod, Garrett Gonzalez from fight game and, and the observer. And, you know, he tells me he doesn't get to watch it live very often. And I, you know, if I was in California, I would never get to watch it live at five o'clock. I'd be sitting, sitting down to dinner with my family and everything. And we know like the replay viewership is counted within like a certain, is it like the first 24 hours or something? They factor that in eventually, but like, even I'm in the central time zone, Justin, so are you Kyle's in the Eastern time zone. But like last week, I didn't do the extra show, the Patreon bonus show we do after with you guys. So I didn't actually even see AEW until Friday, you know, because I just, mm-hmm. I had stuff going on. So I'm a huge AEW fan. I make a point to watch the show. I was going to watch the show. I watch it, but it was two days later, you know, Rampage. I watched it Saturday. So like, I can see why people watch it on delay. And especially if the show's airing during summertime, yep. you know, so it's been down a lot. You know, they started doing that because of the NHL deal. NHL is doing way lower ratings than AEW is doing. Not sure that was a wise decision for TNT. I know they make better ad rates than AEW, but I mean, their viewership for these NHL games is way far, far lower than what uh, AEW was drawing previous to the change. I mean, they, they, those TNT executives need to be showing those advertisers the numbers so they can uh, get some better, uh, money thrown towards AEW's commercials because they're you know as you've pointed out bringing in a a lot more eyeballs than the nhl is yeah that's for sure that's for sure so we got you know and they you know to be fair AEW has had some shows not filler but you know like shows that they didn't hype as as much in recent weeks this week's was hyped a little bit more with it being in long island and mjf's homecoming and everything uh, now, next week, Winter is Coming has been hyped a lot, and you got the Hangman page versus Brian Danielson match on that show. So those numbers will be very, very interesting. Yeah, what, watch it live with us on playback. Absolutely. Would love to have you guys there. So again, check out the Facebook group for that. You can watch it with us. If you don't have TNT, you can watch it with us. There's a way to watch the show. Just join our Facebook group. We got this stream going on, on the playback app. It's a lot of fun. So... That's where the ratings are at. They officially confirmed, and we reacted live to this on our playback stream last night, Justin. They officially confirmed where the location for AEW Revolution is in early March. So the show is going to be held March 6th of this coming year. It's a Sunday in Orlando, Florida at the Edition Financial Arena, which is the home of the University of Central Florida. Not a huge building. Wah, um, wah, wah. Yeah, we we talked about this on the stream. That was a downer for me too. <laughs> I mean, they've had a ton of shows in Florida, obviously with Jacksonville. WWE's ran a ton of, of shows in in Florida. It's not the most intriguing venue for a pay per view when you only got four pay per views per year. The place is only going to seat around seven to eight thousand people. Looking at the capacity of that venue, they had a dynamite there. Um, this year so if you want to see what it looks like on tv it was a nice venue i will say it looked good on tv but uh yeah it's sunday march 6th they're gonna have a fan fest on the saturday the 5th and friday the 4th they're gonna have rampage in the building so you know similar to what they did in minneapolis with rampage and uh full gear back-to-back nights there's gonna be a day buffer in between for revolution but 
Justin, I got to say, I don't think I'm going to make it to Orlando, Florida, barring mm-hmm. any changes on March 6th. So my streak of going to all these AEW pay-per-views, since we've been lucky here in the Midwest, is uh, probably about to end. What about you? It, it is a truly uninspired choice to have it in Orlando, unless they have something up, up their sleeve, which I can't imagine what that would be. But what, what are some al- alternatives that you would have liked them do instead? So on our playback stream last night, Kyle was talking about he hoped they'd return to New York, and he even had hopes of maybe running MSG. Um, I thought, and I'd said on the pod before, I thought they might go West Coast. Now, I know Double or Nothing's in Vegas and technically, you know, considered West Coast by some, but, like, I mean the actual West Coast. I thought a California location for the pay-per-view would have been great. They've been really, really patient out there to get some AEW shows. Um, or maybe even like the Southeast or I mean, Southwest, maybe like a Phoenix, I thought might have a chance, uh, Texas, maybe even perhaps, but Florida would have been way down my list. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, the New York area would have been cool. They've ran, they ran full gear a couple of years ago in Baltimore. So they've done an East coast pay-per-view. They've done the Jacksonville pay-per-views. Obviously they've been all over the Midwest. Um, I think somewhere in the South or the West coast was, was my preference and, this is what they're going to do. So, yeah, it was definitely a little bit disappointing for me. I'm sure it'll be a great show, though, Justin. Yeah, I can't imagine it not being a great show. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Aaron just uh, threw out in our chat talking about our playback shows. We did uh, watching Dynamite last night. He says, one thing about playback is even though they suggest watching on a laptop, watching on your phone works amazingly well, too. I did not know that. So, yeah, load boot it up on your phone. Uh, get the link on Patreon or the Facebook group. Facebook group's free, guys. Join it. Link in the podcast description. We have a lot of great discussions on there each and every day about pro wrestling. Uh, Adam mentioned San Diego waiting for a pay-per-view. Bash at the Beach 98 out there, and that would be a good venue. So I agree. I I would love to. And hey, man, if they had a, a show in San Diego, a pay-per-view, I probably would have flown out for that one. I love San Diego. That'd be a great excuse to go out there, drink some craft brew with my friend justin joint a lot of great craft breweries in california but uh yeah orlando probably not going to shell out the money for that one at least attending in person i will buy the pay-per-view though Mm -hmm. absolutely (laughs) so justin joint you're gonna throw me for a loop here because i don't know what's coming you have this on the agenda justin's trivia question what's going on here so I, I've had, since I saw this, I've had my fingers crossed in hopes that Ryan had not seen it. So I could pop this question to him on the pod. And I think all the listeners will be able to, to hear those wheels turning in his brain as he tries to figure out the answer to this. God, no pressure at all. Justin. Thanks a lot. I, I was a little worried because I'm pretty sure it's somebody you follow that this is a tweet I saw from at Allen underscore cheap shot. Yes. And he did not phrase this as a question, Mm. but I'm going to. Hulk Hogan has lost clean to only 14 people in his career. Oh, my God. How how many? Only 14 in what? A 30, 40 year career? (laughs) That's incredible. Holy shit. Yeah. Um. And I would just, and I might be wrong about this, but just to give you a little hint, I I think there are four that kind of 
predate his true, true ascendance, you know, the rock and wrestling mm-hmm. era. Okay. So when, you want me to name as many of them as I can? Name as many of them as you can. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I had a pin on me. Oh, well, I mean, him and Andre had those matches early on. That uh, is one, sir. That so That Andre is one the of giant. the, that's one of the predate to kind of the rock and wrestling, right? Yeah. And so you're, you're talking clean victories. So like the clean Saturday Night's victory. main event thing doesn't count. Correct. Okay. Or the main event, I should say. Okay. So you've got Andre. You've got uh, Warrior, obviously. Mm-hmm. This is how I started approaching it with like title changes. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Does Taker not count because there was interference? Well, okay. So which one are you thinking of? Uh, Tuesday in Texas. Okay, I don't think that one counts. Or, I mean, sorry, that'd be Survivor Series. I know, I know what you're talking about, though. I, I don't think that one counts. I don't think that was clean. But I believe uh, Undertaker beat him clean in 2002 for the oh, title. Two. Yes. So yes. that's the one I... But yes, Taker's on here, and I believe that is what the reference is to, is 2002. Okay, yeah, because Taker beat him, and then Taker lost it to uh, Rock. Okay. Summer of 02. So, yeah, and then you would have The Rock, obviously, from WrestleMania 18. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. How many am I at right now? You're at, you got four. Oh, that's it? Ten, okay. Only ten more? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus, Justin. Um, Ultimate Warrior, we said. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Luger, Nitro. Sting. Yep. Uh, Tim has in the chat Triple H. Triple H. That is, he is on there. I I don't remember that one though. Okay. Gabe has Piper. Yeah, that Yoko wasn't Yoko wasn't clean though. That nope. interference. Yoko does count. not count. Tim Tim Pipe, Piper is on there. The I I would. Oh yeah, Piper was from Starcade. That's right. Yeah. Years later. I believe um, we are at eight now. Okay. A lot of these are going to be WCW because WWF, I mean, yeah. I think that's all the, the initial WWF run, isn't it? There's a big one you're missing, and I only say big because I think it might be one of maybe two times he's ever tapped. In the initial WWF run? Nope. Oh, okay. Um... I believe there's a tap out previous to his rock and wrestling, and there's one when he came back from WCW. Yeah, I already said Luger, Tim. Uh, he might be behind in the chat. So Adam said Inoki in the chat. That is correct. Inoki yeah. is an early one. Yeah. I guess he did kind of tap to the torture act, so this is a different one. Sorry. Yeah. Tim. Yeah. This is during the Luger. WWE run. And that initial, like, heyday run. Mm-hmm. Is that right, or is this the later one? This is to for the WWE tap out. Yeah, is when he came back from WCW. Ooh, okay. That would probably be I'm trying to think of his feuds. Hmm. I this I I don't remember this feud. I just remember the fact that he tapped out to him. <laughs> yeah. I think people are cheating now. Uh, Brock. Yep. I don't. I don't uh, know if that was a tap out, but Brock did yeah. get clean. We are at. I don't 10. know who the tap. I don't know who the tap out is. Kurt Angle. 
Kurt Angle got him to oh, tap to the ankle. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, duh. So okay. 11, uh, you need one, two, f- well, I guess you need four more, although somebody in the chat did mention one of them. At this point, I'm cheating off the chat, so why don't you just give me the other ones? <laughs> Bo- <laughs> Drawing a blank now. Bullet Bob Armstrong. Yeah, I saw that. I would I would have never got that earlier on. Yeah. Oh wait, I guess you probably did. You say Goldberg? Uh, I thought I did. That'd be Anyways. obvious from the Georgia Dome. Yeah. So you might not have though. These last two, uh, obviously, I would have never guessed Bob Armstrong, but these other two, I definitely. Uh, number two or number three for most shocking, Tony Atlas. Oh wow, Dogan clean. Okay. And get ready for this last one in the mid nineties. I, I want to almost say it was after he turned heel Hollywood Hulk Hogan Mm -hmm. lost to Jacques Rougeau. What? (laughs) (laughs) Kidding me. Apparently he was Rougeau was a huge draw in Montreal and Hogan saw money by you know, letting him beat him so they could come back and do another one. Jacques yeah. Rougeau. This was WCW? I'm guessing that was not on TV. Yeah, because, I mean, they didn't even run, hardly ever ran Canada either. I mean, that was yeah, a, I, one of the big problems with when Brett came there. Is they, you know, they'd run Toronto, but they barely ran Canada. I'm going to, I'll have to look more into that one. Because, yeah, that's, I'm trying to look it up now to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm Googling it right now, too. Uh, there's a quote where <laughs> Rougeau says it's not true at all that there was a rumor that he had paid Hogan to lose to him. <laughs> $10,000. Um, 97, Montreal, April 11th, 1997. Wow. I would have never got that in a million years. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like it's it's kind of like that Tony Atlas Bob Armstrong. You assume it was early on, but the fact that I mean, ninety seven is probably up there for you know number two or number three for for Hulk Hogan's peak years. Yeah, Gabe, that works for me, brother. A eh? <laughs> nice, love it. Oh man. That's good. That is a, that's a good trivia question. Like some of those are are obvious, but then when you get down to like the last four or so, I don't know if I actually said Goldberg as I was going through that. I should have, but I don't remember if I did or not. People are probably listening to the pod like Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg. Yeah, July ninety eight. Um, let's see. Gabe says, didn't Bischoff say they got on TSN and they were trying to break in Canada and Hogan said it was good? I don't personally trust almost anything eric bischoff says but <laughs> <laughs> i do know that the company got the biggest canadian wrestling star of all time and then barely booked the territory brother <laughs> i mean like what were they thinking so at wcw i tell you what but yeah i would have never got jacques rougeau holy cow that's crazy but i mean just the fact 14 guys beat hogan clean and that is it yeah insane and a lot of that comes like yeah way later like second wwe run and there's a bunch of them there of course he's so much older but i I don't know how how legitimate this is i just found one article uh it says it happened 1997 to montreal at the bell center uh drew a a record crowd of nine thousand, or no just drew a recorded nine thousand fans 
Mm-hmm. Same um, location as the uh, screw job. Oh, same same yeah. venue. That was before Brett was uh, in the company. Oh, April 97, I think we said. So, yeah, that was months before the Montreal screw job. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's never lost point. a... I, Never lost to Flair clean. That one I did know. I was like, yeah, I definitely didn't lose to Flair clean at least. So, yeah, that's a good one. Good trivia question. Maybe we could bring up trivia on the show and do that once in a while because that was fun. All right. We got one more topic, Justin, and then we're going to take it home for the night, I think. And uh, not, I mean, not a happy topic, but the death of Blackjack Lanza, who was uh, a legend in the pro wrestling industry. Of course, the Blackjacks. I wanted to talk a little bit about his career since he had passed away. So John Lanzo, better known to wrestling fans as Blackjack Lanzo, passed away at 86 years old. This was Wednesday, yesterday. So with his partner, Blackjack Mulligan, who would be the father of Barry Windham, uh, one half of the legendary tag team, the Blackjacks. And it was Jim Ross confirming his death on Twitter Ross wrote, just heard from old Winnipeg friend Bob Holliday that Jack Lanza has passed away at the age of 86. Jack was our lead agent during the Attitude Era. Hell of a hand. Vince McMahon wrote on Twitter, our hearts go out to the family and friends of Jack Lanza. He was a man's man, respected and beloved by all. He worked for and loved WWE for many years. His loyalty and dedication will never be forgotten. So, Lanza was from the Minneapolis area. He attended the University of Minnesota before he got into becoming a professional wrestler. He's actually a sociology teacher for two years. Uh, trained by Vern Gagne, of course, coming out of Minneapolis. and made his wrestling debut in 1962. Basically a star then in, in, from the 60s and until the mid-1980s when he retired from the ring. Uh, very early on, he debuted as a singles wrestler where he was known as Cowboy Jack Lanza, a babyface, uh, introduced to Bobby the Brain Heenan in the Indianapolis WWA territory. The two hit it off immediately, uh, became lifelong friends, and then starting in 1972 is when he began teaming with Bob Windham, again, as I said, better known as Blackjack Mulligan, as the Blackjacks with Heenan as their manager. So the team notably worked for the AWA, the WWA, which again was the Indianapolis Territory, and the WWWF under Vince Sr., plus numerous other territories. They were very dominant wherever they went. Uh, big names in Montreal, Dallas, Chicago, Indianapolis, like I said. They were inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame in 2006. I was actually at that ceremony, the Rosemont Theater. The Blackjacks held the WWWF tag team titles on one occasion. They held the WWA tag titles. They are the NWA American Tag Team Champions. And Lanza worked periodically throughout his career as a single star as well. At one point in time, um, Mulligan went off to work Charlotte and he started working as, as a single. He also worked with Bob Duncombe, went in the tag team titles with Heenan as their manager in the latter part of the 1970s. Uh, but yeah, he, he, held, he, he held singles titles in various promotions throughout his career as well. The Blackjacks officially split in 1984, and then Lanza retired the following year. Like Jim Ross said, during the Attitude Era, Lanza was the top road agent. Today, they call him producers for the WWF for several years. So a guy who was very, very influential in the history of professional wrestling, you know, from the 60s into the 
2000s um, until he retired. Lived a full life, though, like I said, 86 years old, but one of the all-time greats, one of the most iconic tag teams of all time, the Blackjacks. So uh, both of them are gone now. Uh, rest in peace, Blackjack Lanza. Anything you wanted to say, Justin, on that? Rest in peace, and embarrassingly, I was a big fan of the new Blackjacks with Justin Hawk Bradshaw and, yes. <laughs> uh, and Barry Windham. I I, I was kind of digging them, but didn't last very long. Yeah. So, yeah, it was some sad news coming out on Wednesday. And there's been a lot of tributes pouring in ever since. So I didn't want this show to go by without uh, without talking about them. There's definitely footage of the Blackjacks out there. But, you know, when you look at the period where they were big stars, 70s, especially the video footage is a lot more limited compared to what we would have today. But I know I, I've seen something like the AWA footage of them for sure over the years. But I mean, if you've been a wrestling fan for any period of time, you've probably heard of the Blackjacks. You've probably heard them called out on commentary as well, you know, during matches. So, and mm -hmm. yeah, I remember the new Blackjacks as well. That was probably my introduction as a teenager to, to the classic team, you know, calling back to them. So yep. uh, real All quick, right. just, just to rewind, throw it back. I, I saw a couple people in our chat are pointed out and are upset that Hogan never put over flair clean. Uh, and I would just point out Savage is not on that list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Randy that, Savage. That seems to be a big omission, in my opinion. Justin, you know who else he never put over? Brett, who? the hitman. Ugh. Hart. <laughs> SummerSlam 93, brother. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Or a WCW after the, after the screw job. Talk about Be losing out of money. Being a racist piece of shit is the second worst thing about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Can you imagine if at some point in 98, especially like the first half of 98, they did Brett Hogan in Toronto or Calgary, like the numbers that would have done? How oh, dumb man. was that company? Yeah, that's just un yeah, unfathomable. I don't get it. Yeah. Didn't put over Stone Cold either, Tim, but I mean, that would have been didn't, didn't way wrestle. later and yeah, they had like a tag match, I think, on Raw, but mm. they never had that one-on-one -on -one match, and honestly, Austin didn't want to work with him. So, <laughs> you know, there's that. They they were in the WCW together uh, in the mid-90s briefly until Austin jumped, but yeah, we we didn't get that out of WrestleMania. And that was always, that to me was always the dream match, was Hogan-Austin, not Hogan-Rock. Now, the Hogan-Rock match is, is legendary, although we know mm -hmm. our friend Kyle, not a big fan of that match, but it's, it's an iconic opinions. moment. <laughs> What's that? I said, he's got some opinions. Kyle, that yeah. is about that match. Yeah, but, um, we I mean, Icon versus Icon, it was always Hogan-Austin that mm -hmm. was the dream match during the Attitude Era for me, and yeah, it sucks we never got that. It's, it's interesting. I, I think it's a little bit revisionist history, but Austin has been saying that it was more about how their their in-ring style would have clashed, yeah. which I, I agree with that, but I highly doubt that's the reason that never happened. <laughs> I think there's some personal feelings there mm -hmm. as well, because it's not like Hogan and Rock's in-ring style like mesh real well either, mm -hmm. but I put on a memorable match. So, All right, Justin. So I guess we can let the listeners know what's in store for next week. So we've got the watch along Wednesday to dynamite on the playback app. Join us. If you'd like join the Facebook group so you can get that link. And then next week's flagship show dropping on Friday. 
Kyle's not with us tonight, guys, but he is working on something for next week on the state of WWE over the last three years. He is, I got to tell you, he's pumped for this. Our text thread has been blowing up. He might full on script that show. (laughs) I do not know. (laughs) He's ready for it. So it'll be all three of us next week, uh, just before the holiday. And, uh, and we'll take it into the new year after that. So good stuff on the horizon, more classic shows, more extra shows coming and all this cool stuff going on with the playback app. So it's been a exciting time in 2021 to be a, a top rope nation, not just a listener, but a crew member, Justin, we're doing exciting stuff. Uh, this thing is rolling strong into the new year. And, uh, thank you for joining me this week and doing the two man show. Absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks everybody for listening. And, and thanks for a, a very fun and active chat tonight too. Yeah. Absolutely. Come join us Good. live when we pod. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Good to see all these guys in the chat hanging out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people listen on the podcast feed. That's 90% of our downloads are just the podcast only. But some of you out there listening, just the audio show, check out the video stream sometimes. A lot of fun. We we stream on Twitch. We're on the Facebook right now. We're on Twitter. And then, of course, YouTube. And in YouTube, we really need those subscription numbers to go up so we can start taking advantage of more of the features on YouTube. So if you're not already subscribed, go to YouTube.com slash top rope nation help us out so with that said everybody thanks for the kind compliments in the chat this was a lot of fun good way to go into the weekend and we will catch you all again very soon take care peace credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.